0: Today in worship, we are continuing on with our current teaching series that's entitled Thy Kingdom Come. And in this series, what we are doing is we're looking at various parables from each of the four gospels and talking about what does it mean to believe that God has called us to be kingdom people in our work, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, working to build the kingdom of God wherever we are. And, um, and that that's, that's the call that's upon every single one of our lives. Today, we have um, uh, someone who has become uh, a friend that is here to um, teach today, uh, Michelle Verrill. Michelle was introduced to me uh, a number of months ago by um, a, a mutual friend, Joella Darby, who has worked on staff with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. She talked to me about Michelle, who has been on staff at InterVarsity for the last 15 years, Michelle has worked both in Tampa Bay uh, and also here in Austin for the last number of years. She currently serves as in both regional and national levels of leadership with InterVarsity, uh, working with college students, and when we had today as an opportunity for where we were um, hoping to invite someone to preach and to teach as part of this series, um, I invited Michelle, and she is, is someone that I was humbled that she'd say yes, given the number of of places and things that she's done. It's a real gift for us to have her come and to teach today from the series, and so would you join me in welcoming Michelle Verrill?
1: Good morning. It is an absolute privilege to be able to be with you this morning. Um, like Thomas said, we've, we've gotten a chance to get to know each other a little bit. I've been coming. Um, for the last little while, I think it's probably like a couple months maybe, kind of off and on, um, and I felt really welcomed here, so I just want to say thank you for that. You guys are some friendly people. Like I walk in, everybody's like, good morning, good morning. I'm like, oh, I feel so special. Thank you. Um, so it, it is an honor and a privilege, and if you would, I would like to just pray for us before we, we jump in this morning. Um, God, you are good, and we do indeed welcome you in this place, um, or do we know that you are here with us and that um, where two or more are gathered, that you are here in your presence and we are gathered in your name, um, and so we glorify you this morning, and so Father, um, God, I pray that you would speak and that it wouldn't be my words, but your words that are heard um, God, and it would be your word that would take root and that would grow in our hearts. Um, we love you, Lord, and we thank you. It's in your name we pray, amen. So from small beginnings come great things. I think we can see that um, in a lot of different places in our lives, um, but even in the world, right? A word becomes a book, a little snowflake can become an avalanche. Um, a computer company started in a garage becomes Apple Computer. Like, who would have thought, right, that a couple of men gathered together, sitting, because their wife was like, get out of the house, please go do something, would start this computer company and phone company that almost all of us have, right? And in our story this morning, we're going to learn about a small, tiny seed, which was the smallest of all seeds in the Middle Eastern culture in that time, that grew into something that was large enough for birds to find their rest. There's something about um, this, this series that we've been in, Thy Kingdom Come, where we've learned and we've been reminded to trust God, to seek Him first. That everything that we have belongs to Him. And that's including our faith. And so as we look this morning, the passage is gonna come up on the screen. We're gonna read from Matthew 13, 31 through 32. And here's what I want us to know, is that if you remember last week, Thomas talked about um, the gardener or the farmer who goes out and he's scattering these seeds, right? And some of them fall among the rocky soil or the thorny soil or the path and they kind of wither and die. They don't really grow. But it's in the good soil that they begin to take root and that there's a harvest from that. It's like 30, 60, 100 fold, which just means that there's a lot. (laughs) That there comes um, this time where Finally, that soil is good. And so this passage is just right after that. And and Jesus knows his people. He knows what he's talking about. He knows that they understand farming in a way that I never will. Um, But that they know what it means to go out and to harvest and to plant and to wait. And so he tells them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. And though it's the smallest of all seed, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds can come and perch in its branches. Now I gotta tell you, <clears throat> when I was sitting in Thomas's office and he was like, hey, we would love for you to come and preach, what do you think about Matthew 13? That's all he said. Matthew 13. So I'm thinking, yes, I get the parable of the farmer. It's going to be awesome. And then he says, and he sends me an email, and he was like, 31 through 32. And I'm like, really, two verses? Like, you get like eight verses the week before, and I get two verses? I'm like, okay, Jesus, I know you've got a lot to say in these two verses, but um, I'm going to need you to help me out. Um, and what i found is that these two verses are, are packed with a lot. There's actually a lot in here. Because from it, we see that this tiny seed, this tiny thing, this thing that seems like it's insignificant, it's unassuming, and really, a seed is just a seed, and it's, it's dead. Like, seeds are not alive in and of themselves. And so, what does it look like for us to plant something? And for it to become this this bush or this tree where birds can can come and find rest and refuge. And I think that even with Jesus just using the word small, it indicates, it implies that there's there's room to grow. There's something that can happen there where it's not going to just stay this tiny little thing, but that it possesses the ability to be big and to grow and to change. And so what in our lives feels really small right now that we're hoping will grow and will change? But how does this happen? I mean, a seed is just a seed until it's planted, right? And when we plant it, we've got to nurture it, and we've got got to wait. (laughs) We have to harvest it. Um, And I believe that that same thing happens in our faith. That our faith is something that we have to plant and that we have to wait, and that we have to harvest. And when we recognize that our faith belongs to God, and He's willing, and all He says is, if you have just even this mustard side seed of faith, and you plant it, it will become something else. It will grow. There are other, there's two other places in the, in the Gospels where he talks about this mustard seed size faith and he says if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed you can say to this mountain, move and it'll move and you can say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and it'll be uprooted. I didn't really study those. So we're not gonna talk about them this morning. But I have an idea, I have an inkling that if Jesus is talking about in this passage, if he's talking about the church, because he is, and maybe in those other two places, he's talking about the things in our lives that we've put in place of what God is calling us to. And that those things can be removed so that our focus can be fully on him again. Now, my grandma and papa, my grandmother and grandfather, um, they lived in Kentucky my whole life and they had the most amazing garden. Like I would go, and when I got older, I would take pictures of their garden, because that's what I like to do. Is I, I, one of the hobbies that I have is photography. And So I would go and I would take pictures of their garden, but when I was little, my mamaw would like, let me go out there with her, and we would garden together. And gardening was all about getting dirty. <laughs> and you get out there, and you're getting in the dirt, and you're pulling up weeds, and you're moving stuff out of the way, so that you can get to this fertile soil, so you can get to the good soil. Because it's where the good soil is, that things can take root and they can grow. And I don't really remember a lot, and, and if you ask um, my fiance's mom especially, she makes fun of me because she gives me plants and then they die. And I'm like, Miss Ruby, can I get another plant? And she's like, are you gonna like let it live this time? And I'm like, hopefully. Um, But I do know (laughs) that gardening takes some dirty work, and it takes some watering, and it takes fertilizing, and it takes a whole lot of waiting. And I remember um, just being in elementary school and being given seeds, and we were supposed to plant them and just wait for them to become something. And it was amazing. And I was impatient, but I would wait, and every day I would stare at it. And I'm like, come on, you can do it. But eventually, this little flower began to bloom, and I was just the most excited kid in the world. Because it's in the waiting that the transformation happens. You see, roots take time to to grow and to dig deep. And when Jesus is speaking about this parable, he is, he's speaking about himself, he's speaking about the church, he's speaking about how for the first 30 years of his ministry, he was kind of dormant in a way. He made no claims, he did no miracles, he was just a regular guy, he was a carpenter's son. He just went about his business waiting, waiting for the day that he would feel released to go into ministry. And when he was, it was three years of preaching and teaching that the kingdom of God was at hand. And he poured his life out for his people, he poured his life out for his disciples. And his disciples were like, you know what? I think this guy might be me, the Messiah. I think, I think it might be him. But he's not exactly looking like the king that we're expecting. He doesn't look like he's going to be the guy to come over and you know, take over the Roman government and bring us back into the power that we're expecting. But they knew that there was something about him. And his kingdom came in a very obscure and a very awkward and unassuming way. Just like this tiny little mustard seed gets planted and becomes something that people wouldn't expect, especially not out in the middle of a field. Like it's a little odd that Jesus talks about it being in the middle of a field, but I think he does it on purpose because he wants us to understand what his kingdom is like. It's like nothing we would expect. And so it's in his death and resurrection that after that, these 11 men go on to plant and to become the church that we are now a part of today. So we see this tiny beginning become a worldwide movement of Jesus' followers. And this tiny seed becomes a great place of refuge and hope for all people and, and I'm honest, if I'm honest with myself, if I'm honest with you, I think that waiting is the longest and hardest part of our faith. I mean, who here likes to wait? Anybody? Like, is that your favorite thing to do because it is not mine? Like, I, I don't even want to, like, I look for the shortest line in the grocery store because I just don't really want to wait. But it's in the waiting that something happens. It's in the waiting that, that God meets us. And, and I think sometimes, like, when we're waiting on something, especially when we're waiting on God to do something and it doesn't come immediately, then we, you know, like, revert back to being children, like little ones, where we, like, want to stomp our feet and be like, come on, God. Like, really? Like, when are, why aren't you doing this in my timing? Like, I know my timing is perfect. So, why can't you come and do that? Right? And then I'm reminded that, that God does things in his own way, in his own perfect timing. And I don't know the Kill Days, um, but I was here when I heard their story, um, and I was just really inspired by it. And I thought, man, I've had those moments where I feel like God has said something, and, and I've taken that step of faith like they have, and I remember, I remember Doug saying you know, that there was a kind of like this tingling in his spine as he asked the question, you know, we want to know what, what we can do, what our members can do for IJM, for International Justice Mission. And then as he heard the answer, he's like, whoa, whoa, could, could, that, could that be my family? But he didn't blow it off. He went home and he talked to his wife and then he talked to his family and community and you guys who were here that Sunday have heard the story and And all of a sudden, that seed began to take root, and something began to grow. And now soon, they know that they're gonna be getting on a plane, and they're gonna go to Cambodia, and they're gonna live there for a year, and serve in this fellowship with International Justice Mission. But until then, they wait. They don't get to go early. Like, they have their day that they're supposed to go, and so they nurture, and they water, and they pray, and they wait, and they listen. They see what God is gonna do here and now until he sends them there. And I think it's the same for us, but some of us have these seeds of faith and we're planting them and we have no idea of what we're planting or how it's gonna take root. And some of those seeds are seeds of, of, of hope and seeds of desperation. They're seeds of, for our families, for that prayer for a child. Or, or for a relationship, or to get into college, or to just pass the test, or you know, for the provision for the pledge that you made last Sunday. There are all kinds of seeds that we have in our lives. And so we need to water them, and we need to nurture them. And we do that through prayer, and reading, and seeking, and hoping, and listening, and waiting. You know, one thing that God's kind of just been reminding me of a lot this week is that the seed that we plant may not be, like what, what, what's produced, the fruit that comes, may not be the thing that we're expecting. But it's always a great harvest. Because it's waiting, um, it's in the waiting that is as a, the, the way that God meets us there is as important as the thing that we're waiting on. Right? And when we meet God, when we wait on God, God always produces something great. It may not be what we expect, but he's a good father. So he's always giving good things. And so I just ask you this morning, what are you waiting on God for? What's this seed, this tiny seed that you're planting, that you're waiting to take root, and that you're nurturing through prayer and through listening? In Lamentations 325, the the message version, which is more of like a paraphrase of the Bible, it it talks about this promise and it said, God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. You see, our our waiting can be active. It's not passive, like we seek, we look for, we listen, we wait. And all of us go through periods of waiting. I'm in a couple of them right now, right? And there are days where I'm like, yes, God is good, and waiting is awesome. But more likely than not, I am out there going like, okay, you know what? If it takes water, then I'm going to pour a gallon, and I'm going to wait. And then I'm going to get my hands in there, and I'm going to dig in there to see if I can feel a little root, because I'm impatient, and I want it to come, and I want it to come in my timing, And then I hear God whisper and say, oh Michelle, how about you just wait? Be patient, be still. Know that I'm God, know that I've got this. (sighs) Okay God, I know you've got it. Because seasons of waiting can be difficult, but our roots go down deep and we wait and we trust and we hope and good things happen. Now, when Jesus is talking about this parable and he's talking about this seed and he's talking about the harvest that comes, that the, the fact that it becomes a branch, it becomes a, a tree for the, the birds to perch and to kind of hang out in, um, I think he's reminding us that the harvest that we produce is not just for ourselves, but it's also for others. That this, thy kingdom come, is not just. Um, a prayer for Jesus' disciples to pray, but when he taught his disciples to pray it, it's for all of us because the kingdom of God is all inclusive. And so, what will that look like for the thing that we have planted? And we're waiting for that fruit, we're waiting for that harvest, and we want to take it, and we want to hoard it, and we want to hold on to it for ourselves. And God's saying, No, it's not just for you. Who can you share it with? Because just as that seed of faith is given to us by God, the harvest is given by God as well. And the things that God gives are things to share. And so from small beginnings come great things. And sometimes those things are external, like the growth of the Christian church or the physical answer to prayer. But I think more often than not, the the great thing is what takes root and what is produced in our own hearts. And what should take root is the remembrance, is the idea that we are citizens of the kingdom, and that our heart's cry should be, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, here on earth as it is in heaven. And so this morning I wanna leave you with three questions, just to kind of reflect on as we move on in our service. What seed of faith do you need to plant and how will you nurture it? What are you waiting on God for? What are you harvesting not only for yourselves, but also for others? Let's pray together. God, you are good and you give good gifts to your children. Lord, and you have given us these seeds of faith to plant and to nurture and to wait, and to harvest. So God, would you help us to do that in your timing, and in your way, and not in ours. Lord, you are good, and we know that you can produce great things from a small beginning. Amen.